Super delighted that you guys are joining us for the last week of teaching on dangerous prayers. And if you've missed this series, I believe it's a series that will change your life. So just simply go to our website, nbccbarrier.com, and make sure you catch the entire series. The first thing I want to do is just give a real shout out. You know, last weekend, uh, we, we made history at NBCC. We launched a second in-person campus at San Jose at our brand new building there. And so those of you who are watching from San Jose, what's up? And a super shout out to our new campus pastor, Pastor Tilden, and all of the volunteers who are doing an amazing job serving and caring for people. I'm just super excited to see our in-person uh, gathering launched in our brand new facility there in San Jose. God, I give you thanks and praise for this step forward. I thank you for everybody that's watching me in San Jose, and I thank you for everybody that's watching me in Redwood City at our in-person gathering there. And I thank you for those who are watching across the Bay and across the country and the world on uh, online. So have your way. Move miraculously through this teaching in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Well, listen, let's just jump right into our teaching. I want to return to Isaiah chapter 6. Last week, if you were with us, you know I talked about the fact that Isaiah is experiencing what I, what I labeled as a God calling. Everybody shout, God calling. Yes, if you're watching on Facebook, you can type that in the Facebook chat, God calling. And I said to you, there's a God calling for all of us and that we all need to respond. Isaiah has one, and here is his response. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go forth? That's the God calling. And I said, Isaiah writes, here am I, send me. And so if you recall from last week, I told you that the, the last dangerous prayer that I taught you to pray last week, and I hope you prayed it over the course of this week, is simply this, Lord, send me. And, um, you know, one of the books that I suggested is a great book to read as a companion text to this teaching is uh, Craig Cushell's uh, Dangerous Prayers. And we've interfaced with it just a little bit over the course of this series. But I want to highlight two very practical examples that he gave that I think is just remarkable to help us to engage in this notion of, uh, of, of making ourselves available for God to utilize every day. That's what's meant by this prayer. Lord, here am I, send me. That's what's meant by this notion, not what I want, but what your want, what your, your will be done. Last week I told you it's all summarized in the word. Yes. Start with a sense of yes. You wake up every morning with a yes, Lord, to your will and to your way. Well, there's two practical ways to engage him. And, uh, and, and as we back into the first one, I just want to capture what C.K. Chesterton wrote many, many years ago. He says, the Christian ideal has not been tried. The Christian ideal has not been uh, tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. In other words, it's challenging to live a life of faith. It's challenging often to exercise a daily faith. And yet... The only way to fully experience the power of God unleashed and moving in your life is by, in fact, positioning yourself to exercise faith. So the first kind of practical application around here am I, Lord, send me, uh, comes really from uh, Craig Cashel himself. Here's what he's suggesting. This is my challenge to you. Take a picture of this. Perform one action that requires faith. And when I say faith, I mean trusting God each day. I want to challenge you to do that for the course of the next seven days and, 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 and take out your get a notepad or create a space in your phone or whatever the case is and just, just, just record what you do each day and what your sense of God's response 
was. Now, I'm going to explain what this looks like in just a minute, but let me just say a reason, a word about why I want you to do this. You see, many times when we say, Lord, I want you to utilize me, we do it from a passive standpoint. In other words, I'm just going to wait, God, and when you show up, I'm here. But what I want to teach you is that God is most active when we wake up each day and we are not passive, but active. We're looking for God. We're alert. We are expecting God to utilize us in the world. You know, here's what the scripture says. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Another way of translating this is it's, it's impossible to fully experience the remarkable power of God in our lives without first having faith, trusting God and taking steps that requires us to trust God. Because it goes on to say that ultimately uh, you can't fully experience God unless, and, 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 unless, and seek him unless you, unless you believe that he already exists. And so... It takes faith. Everybody shout faith. Faith. Praise God. All right. So notice notice this this text here. Isaiah 6, 8. It says, then I heard the Lord asking. He says, I heard. It was as though God is calling. And here's what it was. Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? God's calling. And he heard it. And he says, here am I, Lord. Send me. You know, there's a Netflix series called uh, uh, The Manifest, The Manifest. And it's really about a plane of passengers who leave Jamaica. And on their way back home, they experience about 20 minutes of horrible turbulence. They're convinced they're going to crash, but ultimately they don't. When they land at home, uh, they discover that that 20 minutes of turbulence was equal to about five years they had been missing for five years. They lost five years of their life. One of the stars, uh, the actress, mother had died in that five-year period of time. But she remembered that her mother drilled home regularly and repeatedly. The Romans uh, 8.28 verse, it says, All things work together for the good, for those who love the Lord, watch this, and are called according to the purposes. And the folk who returned on the plane, they started to experience uh, really, the voice, and I'm going to say the voice of God. They didn't use the word God. And no, they didn't use, some folk are saying the universe. They didn't even use that. They actually lifted the word out of the text, this notion, and call, and they referred to it as calling. Remember I told you at the beginning of this teaching that God has a God calling for each of us. And, and, and as they began to hear the voice of this calling, really God, it began to direct them to do remarkable things. For example, one of the fascinating stories was that the, the, the calling, they heard the voice of God. They went out. One person went out to the, this river and didn't know why they were there. And then suddenly they saw somebody drowning. He jumped in the water, rescued the guy, got him back to the hospital. Turns out the guy was a surgeon and that the hospital had been searching for him all day because he had these unique surgical skills. And there was a woman who was dying that only he could save. Calling. I love that. This is what Isaiah heard, really, right? Who, who shall we send? Who, is there, who should I send as a messenger? And, and, and as, as, as Isaiah, heart got clear. I talked about that last week. He could hear. And what he ultimately heard was, Isaiah, are you ready? I want to use you. He says, here am I. And so he took an active posture. I want to challenge you to take an active posture. Now, let me give you some examples of what this looks like. 
uh, in terms of how some other people heard some God callings and, and engaged with me in ways that literally changed my life. And I want you to think about these other people because I want you to consider yourself in their shoes, right? Because God wants to use you like he used them. I was standing in a Chicago airport one day. I was on a layover. I was doing some window shopping between California and Boston flight, I think. And a fellow walked up to me, and I could sense that he wanted to share something with me. But he was hesitant. And it was just a spiritual thing. That's the only way I can explain it. I wasn't worried. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't offended. I just said to him, I said, excuse me, sir, do you want to say something to me? And then I followed up. Do you have a word from the Lord for me? You could see the relief. And he said to me, look, I'm a random stranger standing up in, a, in Chicago airport. Listen. He says to me, do you know anybody named Bailey? I said, yes, the Baileys. That's a family in my church in Boston. And, and one of their family members in the hospital right now, really going through a difficult time. He says, well, God says to tell you to pray for the Baileys. Can you believe this? Thousands of people passing through in a Chicago airport. This guy picks me out, calls the name of folks. That's God. Here's a guy who had to find the courage to walk up to a stranger, me, and say, I think God is saying, say this. You know, I went and prayed, and by the time I got back, the, young, the, the family member had come out of the hospital until this day he's doing well. Now, listen, don't confuse. I've prayed for a lot of people. They didn't always survive. They didn't always make it. But, but for some God reason, God designated that moment for me to pray for that family, and a miracle took place because that fella regular, everyday guy since the God calling. Let me give you some more words for God calling. Sometimes it's a whisper. Sometimes it's a prompting. Sometimes it's an impression that you feel in your spirit. Sometimes it's a nudging. Sometimes it's just an instinct that says, I need to say, I need to do. That happened to me in the Chicago airport. Let me tell you another really quick story. I it was, it was, I had been praying for two weeks at Grammar State University. I had sensed that God may be calling me to enter the ministry of his preached word. So for two weeks, I'd been praying and praying. And just before Christmas, I jumped in the car. I had to go visit my dad. And I pulled into this little town called Amstead. And I put gas in the car, going to pay for it. I come out. The young fella started walking behind me. I turn around abruptly when I get to my car. And he says, sir, I don't mean to startle you. I don't mean to frighten you. He says, listen. I just want to ask you a question. First, are you a Christian? I said I was. He says, okay, maybe this will make sense to you. He says, as you walked out of the station, he says, God whispered and told me to tell you that he's calling you to preach his word. How remarkable. What are the chances? Turns out they were with a ministry group. They're not even from Louisiana. They were just passing through. Wow. Look at the courage that this guy, this regular everyday guy took to to approach this stranger and say, I, had, I, I sense God saying, God wants to use you just that way. Each of those examples of people who, who, who woke up that morning being, not being alert, being aware, in an active posture, not just waiting, but saying, God, I'm available. Utilize me. Hey, one more really quick story. You know, here's a picture of me and Miss Gafford. Some of you have heard this story before. She was a tough teacher back in my high school days. And I ended up in her class and no one wanted me in their class. I was a, just a, <laughs> a terrible student, got in all kinds of trouble. But I ended up in her class and, and she asked a question. And actually, she asked for me to be in her class because she, 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 she said she was going to get me straight, you know. <laughs> 
So five minutes into the class, I raised my hand. She asked a question. I raised my hand to answer. And out of my mouth comes the right answer. I'm totally shocked because I thought I was going to crack the class up and actually give the right answer. She takes about three seconds and she says, you know, boy, if you'd go home and study and stop acting a fool, you could be somebody. Miss Gafford is still alive today, and she often, in her own way, tells this story. She's now retired in her mid-90s. But I don't know what she understood that as a God moment, but I went home and actually started studying, guys. And that evening, my life radically shifted. By the end of that year, I was in the top five of her world history class, where I had been previously flunking out. And my life changed radically. And God used her just in the normal course, in the normal flow of life. This Jesus follower, because that's who she is, uh, was available. And God used her to change my life. God wants to use you in the same way. Yes, you. Regular, every day, not perfect, got all kinds of stuff going on in your life. Yes, you. God wants to reveal and expose And empower and utilize your life. Just that way. So the first challenge is, I just want to challenge you to wake up every day and just say, God, (laughs) use me. I'm I'm going to be actively looking for an opportunity to exercise a step of faith to trust you. It may feel odd, may feel strange, but I'm going to do it. Now, uh, let me just finish this section by just saying, there are wide ways in which this can occur. Craig Cashel talks about being on a plane one day and had a prompting to, he wanted to go to sleep, but had a prompting to talk to this guy. And it turns out the guy was very depressed and ended up writing scriptures and blessing him. On another occasion, they're in a store and they're watching a woman who's a basket over to the side. She's trying to count through her money to see that she have enough. And it's clear that she maybe doesn't have enough. And he, he sends one of his children over a little note with some, with some money and just says, uh, God cares for you and he wants to help provide for your needs. Just gave that to him. Small promptings. For you, another prompting might be that you might get a prompting that says, you know, I, I need to send a text of word of encouragement to somebody. You could be a high school student doing this, right? Or I need to pick up the phone and call somebody. It's, it's exercising faith because you don't really know, am, am I sure this is God or not? See, this is faith, right? I think it's God. So uh, little things. But God uses little things to train us and prepare us even for big things. And, and, and I should suggest that those little things, like people walking up to me in the Chicago airport or at a gas station and saying, here's what I think God says. Those guys, they don't know what happened to me, but those little things literally changed my life. So I want to challenge you. That same God will also whisper to you and say, you know, it's time for you to think about adoption. The same God will also whisper to you and say, it's time for you to move from one city to the next, like he told me and Rhonda from Boston. To the Bay Area. He wants to do incredible things to your life, but you've got to be ready to exercise what? Faith. Trust in him. All right, let me give you one final way. This is it. So first, every day I'm going to take one step. I'm going to, I'm going to do one act that's going to require faith. Secondly, every day I'm going to dedicate myself to serve God daily. Dedicate yourself to serve God daily. Every day when you get up. You know, Craig Michelle says that God gave him a revelation and he's every day now he's praying. He, 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 he prays a, a, a prayer that dedicates himself to be used. And he says, it goes something like this. He says, look, God, you gave your son Jesus who gave his total life to save and redeem me. 
So today I'm going to give my life back to you to be utilized by you. And he goes through different body parts. He says, Lord, I give you my eyes. Help me to see what you see and help me to be focused on those things that honor you and protect my eyes from lust after temporary pleasures that will undercut your will in my life. Oh God, I give you my eyes. He says, God, I, 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 I give you my ears. Help me to clearly recognize truth from lies and help me to clearly uh, identify your voice when you're speaking to me, your spirit when it's moving upon me. He says, Lord, I give you my mouth. Lord, help me to speak words of encouragement that builds up people, that seeks to equip people as I pass through the day. That's what Ms. Gaffer did with me, right? Lord, I give you my hands. Help me to be productive of what I lay my hands to. And he dedicates himself daily. That's how Craig Shell does it. Let me give you a different example of how it looks like to dedicate yourself on a daily basis. I'm, uh, I've gotten to know the manager of the Lenscraft store where, where over the last several weeks, me, I've been going in for getting my glasses done and my daughter's glasses done. And I've gotten to know her. And she shared with me the other day that she says her store is the most profitable store in the region. And so her colleagues were asking her, how is it that your store is more profitable than not? And she said she hadn't really worked at the nerve to share it with them yet, but she knew exactly the answer. She says every day when she walked through the door, she paused for a moment. She says, God, I'm available. Show me how you want to use me to help people today. And she says, I'm not interested in selling glasses. I'm interested in helping people to see. And that spirit rests upon all of her teammates. And that's how they function, you know. That's how, every day she walks in and she dedicates her life, her day, that day, to being used by God. It's, it's more than just simply saying, God, here am I available and passively waiting. She, she, she's positioning herself. She's expecting. She's alert. She's ready to engage. Her whole engagement in work is an act of faith. It's pretty deep, isn't it? Dedicate yourself. Give it a shot. God says, try me. Try me. All right? Finally, here's another dangerous prayer I want to teach you today. It flows out of this notion of wanting to be available to be utilized by God. It's simply this, Lord, disturb me. Say it with me. Lord, disturb me. Now, there's two ways in which God can disturb us. One way is this. He can disrupt the patterns in your life. Now, the second week in August, I'm going to kick off a new series called Detox. And one of those weeks, I'm going to talk about how God disrupts patterns in our lives. We think we're being fired from a job. In fact, God is disrupting some patterns. <laughs> well, how come that, that, that person we love has exited? Well, God may be disrupting some patterns. So stay tuned for the new series that I'm calling Detox. But today I want to focus on, uh, toward the last few minutes of this message, uh, the, the way that this gentleman describes this notion. Sir Francis Drake, this notion of, of God disturbed me. He, he wrote a beautiful and famous prayer. Here's what the prayer said many, many years ago. Here's what, he, here's what he prayed. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves. When our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. 
Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas where storms will show your mastery. Where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizons of our hope and to push into the future in strength and courage and hope and love. Disturb us. All the way I like to say, disturb me, Lord. Shake me, Lord. Rattle me, Lord. Here's another way of describing this, 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 this focus of being disturbed. It's, it's when we're asking God to disrupt Disrupt my comfort, my contentment, my sleep. Yeah, disturb me. You know, this is the prayer to pray when, when, when you've been so focused on making a living, you've forgotten to make a life. This is the prayer to pray, you know, when, when I love what he says, you know, all your dreams have come true because you've dreamed so small. This is the prayer to pray if you're a person of great resources, you're secure, the next generation is secure, and you're just being safe. And people are dying around you, they're starving around you, and you're just, just trying to hold on to your resources. You know, Miss Bezos, who used to be married to the, the owner of Amazon, she's now the second wealthiest person in the world. God has disturbed her. In the first half of this year, she's given away over $8 billion of her resources to to charities and to nonprofits to try to right wrongs to to do the work of justice to to meet needs in the world I, i'm just praying that somebody who's been playing it safe will will start praying this prayer god disturb me you'll start giving more resources to your church or your your faith community you'll give more resources to nonprofits and and you might even you know extend expand your imagination and begin to dream big of ways to make a difference in the world who God's called you to be. You know, somebody's listening to me, perhaps right there in San Jose, you're listening to me, and, and uh, you know, you're a person of real faith, you love Jesus. Jesus has moved in your life, but you've been playing it safe with your faith. You know, you've never told anyone outside of your circle about the wonderful things that Jesus has done in your life. You're too afraid of being, uh, being seen as one of those crazy people. But you know, people in your life need to know that that folk like you, who, whatever that means in your context, also love Jesus. And that Jesus is real in your life. You don't need to try to control what they believe. I just dare you to stop playing it safe. Start praying, God, disturb me. You know, that's what's going on in Isaiah. You know, here's what the text says. It was the year the king Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. You remember I told you last week, you know, that, that when, when the king Uzziah died, the nation of Judah destabilized, violence and chaos broke out. It all, he was so disturbed, he couldn't sleep. He found himself on his knees in, in the temple of God. And it was because God had disturbed him, guys, that God was able to grab hold to his heart. And he went into the temple complaining and, and asking for God to intervene and to fix things. He came out of that prayer experience saying, God, here am I. Utilize me. Make me a part of your miracle working in the world. He said yes to his God calling. What about you? Comes out of starting to pray, God, disturb me. 
You know, the Bible is rich with examples of, of how God disturbed folk. You know, uh, it, it, there's a fabulous story about Joseph being in prison and, and he, had, he had interpreted the dream of the cupbearer who worked for the Pharaoh. And the cupbearer was in prison for a short while. When he returned to Pharaoh, he's supposed to tell Pharaoh about this guy named Joseph. He forgot. <laughs> Two years later, Pharaoh starts to have a dream that's disturbing. He sees these, these, these well-fed cows coming up out of the now, and then these very poor and puny ones come up after them and eat them up. He sees these plumped, this harvest-ready uh, wheat emerge out of the Nile, and then these very puny, sickly-looking come and eat them up. And here's what the text says. It says, the next morning, Pharaoh was very disturbed by the dream. So he called for all the magicians and the wise people, and he said, can you interpret this? And they couldn't. And then the cupbearer, remember, there's a guy by the name of Joseph, and because Pharaoh was disturbed and started exploring, why am I being so disturbed? Joseph moved from the prison to the palace. Come on, became the most, second most powerful person in Egypt. And because the Pharaoh began to explore why he was being so disturbed, come on, uh, that, that, that the, the solution led to not only Egypt being saved in the midst of a famine, but Israel and the countries around them. Oh, I dare you to start praying, God, disturb me. You know, sometimes the disturbance doesn't come in a dream. Sometimes it comes in a confrontation that you have with somebody who actually loves you and has challenged you to step up and do the right thing. This is the story of Esther, guys. Esther is living her dream. She's living large. She's the queen of the empire, Persia, but she's Jewish. And, and you know, she's, she's from the wrong side of the tracks. And she's saying, look at where I have arrived. But then her uncle says, hey, you don't know it, but there's, a, there's, a, there's an attempt to, to trick the king into wiping out the Jews and you need to speak up. And Esther's like, but wait a moment, I'm living large. And here's what he says. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. And that confrontation with her uncle disturbed her. And finally, she concludes, she, she says this, says, then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all of the Jews and tell them to fast for me. And out of that season of prayer, she made up her mind. She says, you know what? I'm going to risk it all for my people. I'm going before the king. And if I perish, I perish. I came out of a confrontation. She says, you need to stand up for justice. You need, you need, you need, to, you need to seek to right some wrongs. You know? Here's, here's the full prayer I want to teach you to pray. Lord, disturb me and show me how to be a blessing to others. Now, now this, is, this is the full prayer. You see, I don't want you to just pray, Lord, disturb me. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, sit around the table depressed. I want you to pray the prayer, Lord, disturb me. And just give you more reason to complain and fuss and fight about what's going wrong. No, no, that's not the point. The point is, in every example that I've talked about, in the biblical examples, uh, that, that when God disturbs people, he's moving them to action. And when he disturbed Isaiah, he was moving Isaiah to action. He, in each posture, in each opportunity, in each place, in each story, in each experience, God is using the disturbance to turn the person who's being disturbed into an instrument of blessings for others. That's what he wants to do in and through your life. But he wants you to examine the disturbance and look beneath it. Oh, my God. Let me end with this, this fascinating story. My pastor, Bishop Green, and I and others 
have been talking and really grieving the fact that tens of thousands of African-Americans have been moving out of the city of San Francisco. Places in San Francisco like the Western Edition and the Fillmore and Double Rock <laughs> and Third Street, where, where the dominant group used to be African-Americans. No, very few African-Americans there. Asian-Americans from different ethnic groups inside of the large Asian communities are moving in. And while we celebrate that wonderful good news that Asian-Americans are moving in, uh, in, in, in from various different ethnic groups, there's been a grieving of the fact that African-Americans are moving out. And the other day, Bishop was speaking about that, and he called me and he said, you know, Herman, he said, I had a revelation. Check this out. <laughs> he had been disturbed. He had been disturbed about the leaving of the African-Americans. He'd been focused on the leaving of the African-Americans. But he said, Herman, I had a revelation. He says about 80% of the people who live around Christensen, which is the church he used to pastor, are now all Asian. He said, you know what we need to do? He says, I think God is saying that that church needs to raise up a Mandarin-speaking congregation so we can start ministering to the, to the people around. And he picked the phone. He called the pastor of Christian Center, who's the son-in-law. He shared that information. Roger got excited about it. He picked the phone. He called Assembly of God's regional director, Sam Hutherson, and said, you wouldn't happen to have an Assembly of God's minister who speaks Mandarin who might want to come to the inner city of San Francisco and minister. He says, actually, we do. <laughs> and we've got, we've got a minister, and he's already organized about 21 people uh, who speaks Mandarin. He's looking for a place and badoom how powerful you saw what happened there started a disturbance but beneath the disturbance was a revelation of a fresh opportunity and 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 which led to to bishop green's disturbance becoming an instrument that would allow christian center to be a blessing in a fresh and brand new era, in a brand new way in that community. What have you been disturbed about? And if you've not been disturbed about anything, then start praying, God, disturb me so that I may be a blessing. That's my challenge, guys. You know, one more thing. Uh, every Thursday, I do an Instagram piece where we allow people to ask questions. We engage with folk around questions. Someone asked me, as it relates to purpose, high schoolers who are trying to figure out where they're going to college and what they're going to do in the world, what do you have to say to them? And I said, well, listen, to any high school that's paying attention who's thinking about their future, I'd say think it along these lines. Number one, uh, whatever you're going to be doing with your life, you should be honoring God. Number two, whatever it is, it should be serving others. Number three, you need to be examining the things that you are passionate about. And number four, you need to be examining your talents, your gifts, the things that come natural. But then I said this. I want to challenge every high schooler to then pray this prayer over the next several weeks as they move towards making decisions about college or vocational school or what they do after graduation. Pray this prayer. Lord, disturb me. <laughs> That's the ultimate place that you want to begin to hear and sense and be led by God. Yes, your talents. Yes, your passion. Yes, you want to serve. Yes, you want to. But Lord, disturb. I dare high schoolers to begin to pray that prayer. You'll begin to think not just about money, not just about popularity, but you'll begin to think about how God might use your life in the world and clarity will come.
Yeah, that's, that's the dangerous prayer. I want us all to leave here praying. Lord, disturb me. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the word of God says that the steps of a faithful person is ordered by the Lord. And one thing that that means is that God leads us one step at a time as we grow in our faith. So I want to challenge you to take one step towards deepening your relationship with Jesus Christ in this very moment. And the way that we do that is by engaging our connection card. So it's popping up right now in the Facebook chat. It's also on our web and it's also included in our NBCC app. And if you've got that app, I just want to encourage you to just go ahead and open it right now. Go to the uh, Sunday screen and look at the connection card section and there tap on Next Steps with Jesus. And for somebody, you're being disturbed. You're, God's disturbance in your life has brought you to this place. And you know in your heart that your next step is to say that I want, I want to become a follower of Jesus. I want him to become the Lord of my destiny and the redeemer of my life. If that's you, I want to encourage you to go ahead and check the box. I'm ready to be a follower of Jesus. Or perhaps you're ready to return to your faith or perhaps you want more information. There are options there for you to check. Please go ahead and do that right now. For the rest of you, I want to challenge you to join with me over the course of this next week. Every day for the next seven days, I want you to pray this dangerous prayer. It is the response to the message. Let's pray it together. Lord, disturb me and show me how to be a blessing to others. All right? I want you to pray that prayer every day and wake up every day dedicating yourself to be utilized by God, to be disturbed, to be directed, to see God move in your life, okay? Here's a reflection question I want to encourage you to wrestle with. It's simply this. Has God been disturbing you recently? If yes, how? Okay, make sure you get back here next weekend. If you're watching online, you'll find us at 9, 11 a.m., Pacific time as usual. If you're local, you can uh, join our in-person worship gathering in San Jose or you can join us in Ridgewood City, both time, both places at 11 a.m.